greetings. Today we have another incredible guest joining us here today, a golden guest who will be sharing with us about how to face the ups and the downs of the NFT space as a creator. Decline began exploring blockchain technology in 2016, initially blogging and then writing for marketing teams. He eventually joined the team at Cointelegraph. Through interactions in his writing career, Decline encountered figures who introduced him to the world of crypto art. He wrote about immutable trash for Coin Telegraph magazine and began his exploration of this new world as a writer turned artist. He now creates art and hosts the NFT podcast NFP with Decline. You're a conscious luminary and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega, dropping soon. Welcome, Decline. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. I want to dive right on into your before crypto story, or as I like to mm. say, your BC story. Uh, well, uh, I told you uh, before the show, I am a teacher. I've been a teacher for a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been an artist for longer. I was into art since I was a child. I doodled on the desks when I was a kid and did it so much that teachers actually allowed me to tape down paper all over my desk in order to allow me to draw all over it without it being a problem cleaning it up. And I was in my own world when I when I was drawing. You know, uh, classmates, when I've grown up and met them again, they've been like, did you remember this happening? Do you remember this happening? I'm like, no memory of those things because I was busy drawing. <laughs> so I... <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. I mean, many people say that, yeah, like I'm always in my own little world because I'm always busy flowing in my head, um, coming up with inspirational messages to myself um, that eventually I share with others when I'm ready for that. So I love that you kind of were able to really tap into your true passion and express that in the moment and block out everything else around you, all these distractions to really hone in on your true gift. It was a healthy escape, I figure, mm -hmm. you know. Um, anyway, so I, I, I was drawing and I loved that always. I got into teaching and for a period of time I did teach art, but over the course of time I've grown into teaching other subjects and uh, I really found my enjoyment of creating art commercially in the NFT space uh, because I got into writing uh, when I first learned about crypto and it was my way of kind of learning about it was to write about it. So I would Write a, write a daily blog or excuse, excuse me i would write a daily blog on a platform called steam it at the time that was popular and it was just me learning about crypto and uh from that i had some success i've always enjoyed writing 
And I got picked up by a few companies who liked my writing and hired me for that. And eventually I started writing for some marketing companies and uh, journalistic websites. And eventually I got to write for Cointelegraph. And it was with Cointelegraph that I started getting to interview some really interesting people like Josie Bellini and Rob Ness and kind of started to learn about NFTs. And they weren't called NFTs at the time. It was called crypto art generally by most people. And uh, that's when I really was enamored with it. And I was like, I've got to do this. So I started creating my own art, my own crypto art. And that was on Rarible, which at the time was the platform that basically allowed anyone to come there and mint their art. And so that was my place that I began, thanks to Robness, who helped me get started. Uh, because he was actually the first uh, piece I released was a collaboration with him where I wrote the poetry. You mentioned that you do spoken word. Um, I wrote the poetry and he created the images of the piece. And uh, that was my first piece. And so that was, of course, uh, very exciting for me to get to work with someone like that. And I was addicted ever since. And I still love creating art. Obviously, the market is different now. Um, I still create art just about daily. I don't necessarily mint everything I make, but um, I now on a number of platforms that i'm very proud to be on like known origin and maker's place and i work with coin network on a pfp collection i have called atomic zombies so i'm very happy to have had the success that i've enjoyed yes congratulations for the success that you've shared with us on your journey you. you're welcome i'm curious to know when you speak of commercial art can mm -hmm. you share more on what that means? And for artists here who have not yet commercialized their art, what steps they can take to do so leveraging Web3 technology? Well, often people will come to me, and I, I'm sure you get this too, where people will contact mm -hmm. you and say, hey, how can I make money in this space, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of time they're not necessarily artists first they're just seeing that there's money on the table and they're like yeah. hey i want to be a part of this right mm -hmm. but in my experience if you're not passionate about something in the creative process it's probably not going to last um because you have to enjoy that first and then if the money comes that's awesome but the money doesn't necessarily come you know like sometimes it's, it's not there right you know um as of for right now for example it's pretty tough to make a living in the NFT space as an artist right now, unless you're like blue chip artist, you know? Um, but for me, in terms of the commercial side of it, it was something where I only ever created art for my own personal enjoyment. I didn't create it to sell it ever. Um, and then with the NFT space, I was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna give it a shot. There's no barrier. There's no, there's nobody, excuse me. There's nobody saying uh, you have permission to present your art here. You just mint it. And there it is, you know, with platforms like OpenSea or Rarible, for example, or Foundation. And it just gives you an opportunity, if you are someone who's passionate about it, to create and put it out there and see if there's an interest, you know. Um, and obviously, having had that opportunity to build that up at a time that it wasn't as saturated uh, enabled me to get onto some platforms like Known Origin, for example, where I have more visibility because on a curated platform, you know, you have a limited number of uh, artists. And so then that gives you more visibility. So 
with that, you know, that enabled me to have more success uh, once I was kind of past those early stages. Yeah. And I, I love that, that you were able to find success again in this way by giving yourself permission to show up in the Web3 space and commercialize your work. Um, and in the best way possible, in the best sense of commercializing your 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 creative expression. So one thing that really lights me up about how you've shown up in the Web3 space is that you've shown up as essentially all three ways in which you can show up in the Web3 space. Many people are most, most familiar with the artists and then the, mm. they know about the collectors. But what about the service providers that are supporting the space? And one thing you shared with us in the beginning of our episode here is how you initially joined the space as a blogger. And that was the way that you were providing value into the space, writing about the stories that were happening, showcasing these uh, these names that people needed to, to know um, and what they're building in the space. And you were providing this, this really important, like golden, way in which we could learn about these people because if you weren't writing about it how would we know uh, other how would we be introduced to these people if they weren't already on our radar and so you were already providing that that service so can you share more about how that path went for you and for any recommendations that you might have for other bloggers or other writers who don't even consider themselves bloggers at this point, how they can show up in the space and make make a name for themselves and start making room for themselves at the table. Hmm. Well, it's changed a little bit since I started writing. I started writing on a platform called Steemit. Um, now, you know, you might be more at home on a place like say Medium or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the key thing as a writer is uh, to um, build up a portfolio of written work and that was something where i had done that because of the blogging and because of um, the work i'd done with that i was able to then show people who might be interested in my writing i was like well here's my writing and they could look at it and they could go oh okay this guy's a good writer and then they would hire me right um and so what was great about that and what's great about web3 is it's not about credentials it's not about you know, some paper that says you've got this ability to do whatever. It's just, here's what I can do. Look at this. Do you like it? Good. You can pay for it. You know what I mean? Like there's not a permission slip per se. There's not a diploma. There's not a piece of paper that enables you to do these things. It's just, it's a meritocracy. That's what I love about Web3 is if you love doing something, and you work hard at it and you get good at it, people will pay you to keep doing it. And that's what I love about Web3. It just, it's 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 liberating. It's it, it gives the opportunity for anybody who's passionate about anything that they can get really good at to have an opportunity to make a living out of it, which is amazing, yeah. right? Because- It really is. It, it opens it up for, I mean, I'm talking to anybody in the world now, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could be living anywhere and you could make a living doing these things. Whereas before that would have been very difficult. Yeah, it's so very true. I mean, if it weren't for this fact that you just shared with us, I wouldn't be here because I mean, mm-hmm. I'm initially a doctor by trade. And, right. but because I can now align with my passion and share it in the space and now it's received and I'm able to monetize from that, that's allowed me to continue to show up in this space. 
as a spoken word artist. And and I, I definitely relate to what you're sharing here about creating this portfolio. Many people mm. may show up in the space and be like, okay, why isn't anyone hiring me? Because they don't know what your potential is. It's important mm-hmm. to have this portfolio, whether it's a simple website or whether it's uh, a simple file, really, um, if you are able to create a website, to have some sort of way for people who aren't yet familiar with your work to go and visualize what it is that you can do, hear your, hear your artistic expression, and see if it relates to themselves and to their audience and 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 really make that decision if they want to bring you on to their team if they want to hire you for a specific project and so it's important to have these portfolios in place and and this is what's going to allow you to make those connections to start forming these relationships and start building your portfolio even further and obtaining these paid opportunities that allow you to continue to show up in the space because money is a topic that we don't necessarily discuss as much as we we should Uh, i think Mm. many people are really um excited about the vision and about the dream and it's great but if you don't have the funds to continue to pursue your vision and your dreams and actually make that a reality then you're not going to last long here in the space no so with that being said what are some revenue streams that you've identified and you've established for yourself in the space including getting sponsorship for your podcast and having your pfp um, and all of that, how have you been able to show up and in the space, in the Web3 space? And even you can even talk about how you're, you're, you have this other job in the Web2 space and how that's also supporting your, your passion here in Web3. Mm-hmm. Well, as a teacher, you know, when I'm talking to students about writing, I'm like, just freely write your thoughts and don't judge your writing. Like, just let yourself write. The ju- save the judging for later, right? And I feel like it's the same thing with art where we often um, tend to be perfectionistic. Now, of course, there are people out there that have a different approach, but my approach is to just kind of let myself create and to not be judgmental about it or critical about it. And it's the same with my writing. I I don't judge it until it's time to judge it. So. I I will be free with my writing and then following that process. And that's kind of probably why I do get lost in it because I'm not judging it. I'm just free flow writing my thoughts. And then following that, then I can judge it. Then I can go back and go, okay, now I need to edit this. Now I need to fix this. You know, so even as an artist, my artistic process, I love using an iPad. I use Procreate and I use layers and I will draw my initial concept. And then I just make a second layer and I lower the opacity of the first layer. And I, then I start to be more critical of it. And I start to draw other layers until I get my desired effect. Often it's very simplistic, but sometimes it's more complex. Um, I think the point being is don't judge yourself too early, you know, and, you know, with students, I find the hardest part for me as a writer, as well as for many students is getting started because you tend to go, no, that's not a good beginning. No, I don't like the way I started there, right? And you end up doing nothing because you're stuck judging yourself before you ever get anywhere, right? So same thing with building a portfolio is, you know, it's okay to work on stuff and maybe later you're going to look at it and go, I don't know what I think about that. But, you know, I've always kind of, I've minted stuff for, 
throughout my time working on art where when I look at it, I, some of it, I go, oh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know what I think of that anymore, but I think it's valuable to have the ability to show, okay, this is where I was and this is where I am now, you know? And I think so many people get stuck at the judgment stage and they never allow themselves to be vulnerable because they're too concerned that what they're doing isn't good enough. Right. And uh, that's a big part of it. You know, uh, uh, the same thing, like, you know, I take up lots of different activities. Like for example, as a kid, I learned to play drums. And so I play drums and people will be surprised. Like, Oh, you play drums too. Wow. You do so many different things. It's like, it's, I just try it. Right. I mean, I just try it and you know, I don't worry about if people like it or not. I just try it. And if it's fun, I keep doing it. Right. And yeah. I think so often in our society, we're so worried about people being critical of things that we keep ourselves from doing things that we'd really enjoy doing. Um, so I very true. Topic from what you were saying. No, I love this. Um, I love this discussion that we're having because it's it's also another important thing to to really hone in on the fact that we are all multidimensional beings. And when you give yourself permission to express your different dimensions, you can discover things about yourself that are incredible. Um, and you are essentially a lot giving yourself permission to align with your purpose, giving yourself permission to align with your higher, your higher self. Um, and I believe many of us are starting to do so as we're entering into the web three space, we are expressing further, further, uh, we're expressing different pieces of ourselves and we're finding that they're well received in this space. Mm. And one quote you shared with me is this it's all about loving what you do you can find a space in the nft industry where you can express your passions go there and you will persevere you've got to follow your passion to find success i really love that saying especially the the going there and persevering by again giving yourself permission to fully express all of your multi-dimensional selves yeah, I mean, I know for you, you talk about doing the spoken word. There's a point of vulnerability there mm -hmm. where you've created something and now you're presenting it to an audience. Yes. And you don't know what the response is going to be, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's a temptation to go, oh, I'm not going to say this because it's not mm -hmm. um, good enough or whatever, right? And yep. But that's what artists do is they put yep. themselves out there where other people might decide, no, I'm not going to do that because I might be embarrassed or I'm, it might not be as good as what I hoped it would be, or might people might, might not receive it positively, you know? So there is an element there of, of courage for anybody who wants to get into the space where, you know, you need to be willing to put yourself out there and maybe some people aren't going to like your work and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I didn't put myself out there, um, and the story that I'm really going to highlight is the very first time I showed up in Web3, which was closing out Gary Vaynerchuk's event with Spoken Word, the first ever NFT-related spoken word that I created called Freedom with NFTs. And I remember the opportunity came up. I actually made the opportunity happen by asking if I could close out the event with Spoken That's Word. That's another very good point. <laughs> and making opportunities happen is key as well. Um, so yeah. being ready for opportunities when they do happen, but also taking the step to make these opportunities happen is key as well. So I made the opportunity happen by asking the event coordinator if I could flow, convincing her that everyone there needed to hear this particular spoken word piece. 
and getting that yes. And when I took that mic, honestly, like I was very nervous. Um, I had no mm. idea whether it was would be well received. I uh, flowed already in in spaces, in Twitter spaces, but not yet IRL at a Web three conference. Which is a whole and different experience. hundreds of people, right? It's a whole nother experience. I mean, many of us are mentioning our work on the blockchain right now. Like a lot of us are hit, like are hiding behind PFPs. Um, we're not seen the the true our true selves isn't seen outside of our creative expression that's on the blockchain so to take this net to, to take this leap early on in my web3 journey of being seen and then being seen for me doctor doctor retired doctor now about to perform spoken word poetry for hundreds of people including Gary V that was a huge leap and i had no idea whether whether it would be well received but I did it. I took the mic, flowed my truth, and now, like, fast forward nine months or so, and here I am, established as, as an established spoken word artist in Web three. And if it weren't for for what you're just sharing right now, like taking that leap of faith in yourself, I wouldn't be here. Uh, and it was a wonderful moment when I realized that. What I shared was well received. Gary V gave me a big hug and a kiss on the cheek. Ja Rule approached me to share how much he enjoyed my spoken word because he happened to be present, journeying into the Web3 space and figuring it out himself, as many other artists and others who are pretty big like in the, in the Web2 space. They're venturing into the Web3 space trying to figure it out too. So it gives us access to these incredible like high-level um, individuals to to journey together um, on this crazy ride that we're on. And with that being said, I really want to go into how you have faced these ups and downs in your journey and how other creators can go about like really overcoming some of these challenges. Mm. Well, I think it comes back to, you know, if it is something you really love doing, because the reality is the money comes and goes, you know, um, especially in this yeah. market, you know, there are going to be times where you're going to do well and there are going to be times where it's going to be tough. And if you're here just to make a quick buck, that time might be over. Right. Um, when I first entered uh, NFT art, again, it was called crypto art. And the money wasn't big. I was minting stuff for three or four dollars, and I was selling pieces for fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. And uh, I was thrilled because I was like, "Holy crap! People are buying my stuff online!" Yeah. Right? You know, and there was an excitement to it. And you know, then it, these things, these bigger projects, came out that were multi-million dollars or whatever, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then for a lot of people, it wasn't good enough to be, you know, making something that might make 50 bucks or 100 bucks, you know. Um, but if it's something that you really enjoy doing and you're making a little bit of money doing it, that's I, I'd like to see people return to the values of crypto art as opposed to all the speculation that's happened mm -hmm. since the since the bubble, you know, um, where it was people just flipping stuff and making insane money, which clearly couldn't last. Like there's no way that was going to last. 
Um, so I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of, you know, we'll see a bit of a return to people actually looking at art, people looking at one of ones, people looking at people who are actually passionate about the space rather than just projects that are cashing in, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, for people who are new that are looking at the space, again, I feel building a portfolio, building a collection, building uh, a style is super, super important. As an artist, you want to be recognizable. And that's something I worked on a lot was just using certain, even just the way I do certain brush strokes or drawing styles that, or, or certain color schemes that people can see it's my work um, where that brings a value because there's there's an endurance there there's a perseverance there that i think it has a value no does that mean that i'm selling stuff every day no right um but i'm enjoying what i'm doing and i'm also working in 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 the podcast space as well mm -hmm. right and you know don't get stuck just in one thing either right because yeah. You need to be uh what's the word nimble yes multi-dimensional I, I love yes. that we're nimble yeah, too yeah. <laughs> you know. gotta so be nimble for me, the podcast <laughs> podcast that i host nft of decline um is such a good way to connect with other artists mm -hmm. uh to get inspired by them you know like i was doing it for a long time without any sponsors you know because i it just fed me and it inspired me and got me excited um and so you know look for those opportunities look for opportunities yeah. to just get excited about things whether it's listening in on twitter spaces or looking at people's artwork in the metaverse or uh you know listening to podcasts mm -hmm. you know find what works for you in terms of getting you excited about the space and use that but it can't just be about money obviously the money's yeah. exciting it's fun when you make the sale you know um, but that, that, that goes up and down. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take a quick moment now to hear from our sponsors. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega. Welcome back to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. One thing that I really identified is the fact that again, you've showed up in a very unique way as a blogger, as an artist, as a podcast host, very nimble, as you put it. And it's important to note that being a service provider in the space and having a platform such as a blog or a podcast allows you to now attend events as media. 100%. Mm -hmm. And many yep. people don't realize that um, it, it is, it can be quite costly attending these IRL events, but totally. if you can obtain a media pass, not only are you able to attend for free, but you're able to cover the event and get exclusive access to certain areas and uh, including the individuals that are speaking at these events. And it, it just helps for you to grow your brand and 100%. add value to your community. Everything you're saying is great. You know, Doc, I, when I was in LA, I went with a media pass because of my podcast. I spoke in person with ill mind. 
He's a Grammy award-winning producer. He's worked with Kanye West, Jay-Z, Beyonce. Like, you know, and this is the person who sat down with me face-to-face -face and we talked and we recorded a show together because wow. of my podcast. Yeah. And, and it's, it's incredible. A lot of people go, oh, I can't do that, right? Like, you can. You can do yeah. it. It yeah. just takes time and, and work. That's all. It really does. That's all. It takes time, work, energy, yep. <laughs> passion. But if you enjoy that, it, it doesn't that's really <laughs> feel like work to me. Like, you know, if yep. you're really enjoying mm -hmm. it, is it, I mean, yes, yeah. it is work, but it's mm -hmm. the best work. I agree. I agree. And again, it's a testament to show that we're still so early, that there are so many incredible beings that you may not have access to right now in the Web 2 space. But in the Web3 space, since we're all so new, because it is such a new space, you now have access to these individuals. I mean, yes. Ja Rule has been on my podcast. Spotty Wi-Fi, David Bianchi, these high-level individuals have been on my podcast. And I know you shared that on yours, you were able to feature Gary Vaynerchuk. And, and it's just incredible. It's an incredible time right now. And so our, our topics here are kind of pivoting into like, Service providers are needed in the space. And if uh -huh. you have a certain expert skill set and you could or you could not consider yourself an artist, you could still find value and share your value in the Web3 space. Well, I think you, it's an interesting thing. You mentioned the word expert. And a lot of people, when they think of an expert, they think, oh, there's no way I could be an expert. It's like, but if you're really interested in it and you study it and you practice it and you get involved in it and you do that day after day after day yep. it won't take long to be an expert yep you know so like true. i started studying blockchain in 2016 i started writing about it in 2017 and i was being paid to write for it in 2018. so that's not a long time to become an expert relatively speaking no. And honestly, you don't even need to be an expert in crypto and in NFTs. You could literally well, I'm, I'm be an expert in topic, any, right? any, anything, anything. In fact, like you said, um, it's something that you've, you've done day in and day out and you've studied it. And for many, it's, it's probably something that you're already doing right now. If you have a nine to five, you become an expert in whatever it is that you are working in right now. That is yeah. your expertise, whether it is writing, whether it is researching, whether it is speaking um, and educating, you are now an expert in that. And that can translate into the Web3 space. It's just a matter of the topic of what you're educating or the topic of what you're writing about or the topic of what you are supporting others with. Like that's the only thing that changes. But the skill set, the skill set is something that you've already honed. Mm hmm. Yep. Well, and the advantage of the Web3 space being it's a relatively niche space. So if you're an expert in this little space, <laughs> you have a lot of opportunities, right? Um, whereas that's a lot harder to be visible in, like you mentioned, the Web2 space, right? So that's what's so great about the Web3 space is that you have this kind of captive audience that's a relatively contained amount of people that are very interested in it, that want to learn from it. You know, so even though maybe, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast is getting millions of listens and mine's getting only thousands of listens, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because the thousands of listens I'm getting 
the sponsors want those people to listen to their ads. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So it doesn't matter that I don't have a million listeners. What matters is that the people listening are the people that those advertisers value and want to hear the message. Right. And it's the same thing with the art because yes. Okay. I could stand on a street corner with my works of art somewhere, probably kind of hard to, you know, have success with that. But because web three is this niche space, you have so much better opportunity to be seen than you do in that mainstream space. Mm -hmm. so and it'll grow true. over time. Right. And that's why I say, build your portfolio. Now, you know, work on your writing. Now don't wait, don't judge yourself before you have the opportunity to be seen. You know, let yourself grow, let yourself make mistakes, let yourself try things and see what happens. That's oh, what's exciting about it. Yeah, so very true. So for someone who's listening, who is new to this whole podcast space, or perhaps maybe already has a certain podcast, or as I had back before I entered the Web3 space at a radio show, what suggestions do you have in, in pivoting and showing up or even starting from scratch to with creating a whole podcast what are some top lessons that you learned on your journey in establishing your podcast establishing even a sponsor for your podcast can you share with us some insights on that okay um for me i think the podcast is by far the best networking tool mm -hmm. it's a way to connect with people yep and I found in my experience, Twitter is also essential. Basically what I do is I use Twitter as my platform where people can find me, where I can connect with people, where I can message people. And if I want to have somebody on my show and I like their work, usually they're artists, but not always. Um, I just contact them. I just direct message them. I'm like, Hey, I really like your work. Do you want to be on my show? You know, mm -hmm. um, and so obviously there's a research element there to it mm -hmm. because you want to make sure that these are legitimate artists. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's an area that you're interested in, uh, I think you do have to be uh, brave enough to just step out there and say, hey, I do this. Would you be interested in doing this? And of course, there's times where you don't get a response. Yep. Right. And that's OK. You know, um, I you know this whole again it comes back to the, the judging before you've had the opportunity to make a move of some sort you know go ahead and ask what the worst thing that can happen is that they say no or maybe they don't respond is that really so bad you know and i find with twitter just the access is so amazing that you can just reach these people you know so uh twitter is a great tool and uh yeah whatever topic it is you want to hone in on try to make it specific and then go from there and just try to connect with people and talk with them. And uh, I think that's that's a very important part of it is, is making those connections and then taking it from there. Um, obviously, you know, anytime I do have a guest on my show, I always will research them beforehand. So research is important because yes. when you're talking with them, you want to actually kind of know about them before doing a show <laughs> and not just wing it, you know? So there, there's some work involved there. You know, I, I don't know about this with you, Doc, but there's times where I've done a lot of research on a guest and then they cancel for some reason. That's the worst because you just spent the last, I don't know how many hours learning about them and then they, they can't make it for whatever reason. And you're like, oh, right? 
I'm sure. Yeah, and you just have to realize that, you know, life happens. Life happens. And um, there will be other opportunities. And if not, you know, now you know about this individual and (laughs) hopefully you'll connect with them again um, in the future. And um, now they're part of your your knowledge bank. I mean, there's a pro right there. Uh, So I'm really grateful for you for sharing more on what you are building in the Web3 space decline and how you've established yourself in all the different dimensions that you're sharing in the space. I'm curious to know, are there any other doses of inspo that you would like to share with our golden friends today? Hmm. Um, You know, it's a difficult time right now. Um, I think though, it's the best time to build. I think if you are an artist, um, like myself, this is the time where you build out work, you experiment with things, you try new things, and you see what works, what clicks, what doesn't. And um, it kind of goes back to like what I was saying before, maybe we do return to it being more about the art and less about the money. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Um, And so I would encourage people to work at what they really do feel excited about. And, you know, if the money comes, great. But if the money doesn't come, it's okay because you were doing something you were enjoying doing, you know? So uh, for me as an artist, you know, um, that's what I'm doing, you know? So often during times like this, you'll see my style changes a lot because like, for example, my work on Known Origin um, recently, or on OpenSea, you'll see that there's more experimentation there. Because why not, right? Like, why not experiment? When when you're selling work for $1,000 and you're going, okay, I'm going to keep doing that kind of thing because people like it, okay, then you're going to kind of follow that. But when those kinds of high volume sales aren't there, it's like, okay, I'm going to try out things because I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would encourage people to just experiment build uh play enjoy yourself and you know the money you know i don't know if that needs to be the number one priority right now yeah so true so very true i mean many of us again are aligning with our passion and that in itself is rewarding enough um however it's also important to to have something whether it's your foot still in the Web 2 space that you can monetize or mm-hmm. find in a line with Web 3 position so that you can uh, establish yourself and um, be able to continue pulling and working and sharing your passion. So thanks again, D. Klein, for joining us today and for sharing with us your doses of inspo. Really appreciate, appreciate having you here on Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. You're so very welcome. Stay gold. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold. A genuine, original, loving dreamer. As you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay gold.